This is Lonesome Roads behind the wheel and in front of the microphone at the Todd Studer Studios on South 4th, downtown Council Bluffs, right across from Canesville Collectibles. And my guest this week is uh, the owner of Terry Insurance Group, Terry Thompson, uh, an independent insurance agency. Uh, Terry and I uh, go back to radio days. You were at uh, Mitchell or NRG or... Mitchell, 1998, 99. I moved here in the fall. Um, And actually, you were my first official friend. And if you remember correctly, I had that Honda Accord that was... uh, It only had like one working headlight. And then the ball joints fell out of it on on the uh, expressway. And you had to come pick me up at that bar that didn't have a front door. They just screwed on the uh, like a piece of plywood. And I was sitting by a bus station when you came pick me up. Like I was living, I was living down in Bellevue. I think oh, I was on the JFK during oh, morning rush oh, hour. Oh, okay. And I had yeah. to call you, and I'm like, hey, and, and you're like, where are you? And I'm like, I, I had only been in town for like months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was, I think it was the fall, but like the bar still had the marquee from like last Thanksgiving on it. Oh. <laughs> it was just a super questionable place but then you come pick me up and that's kind of the start of our car stuff actually yeah i had car issues you had all kinds of crazy cars and there you go wow and you were at nrg or whatever until i was there until probably uh five years ago okay five years ago yeah i gave up the creative director position to to ed yeah and uh then i went out in insurance so yeah. what okay. a change. So, yeah, there was no transition, just one to the other. No, well, I mean, before I left radio, I uh, uh, went on to the sales side, knowing that both your job and my job doesn't easily translate to a real job in the real world. In the real world, you know, being production people and things like that. So right. I went and got some sales experience or whatever and decided I hated that. Um, <laughs> and then I went on to, uh, recruit nurses. Omaha is a big center for nurse recruiting. Okay. Um, basically I left radio, which I loved. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I loved it to death, but I was tired of being poor. I yeah. mean, I'll be honest. So I did what everybody else does to make a quick buck and that's go nurse recruiting. And huh. that didn't work out. So I got into insurance and then I decided that I found out that I really loved the process for some, like I said, there is no comparison, but yet it. But it, uh, it, 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 it just satisfied a whole bunch of other, other parts in me that I didn't really know were there. And, uh, you know, you know me, I was, I was in charge for a long time and I like, so I like running my own business and I like, uh, and I just like, you know, helping people just like we did in radio, you know, people, owners would come in we'd help them through their commercials and stuff like that. And we'd help make suggestions for marketing plans and things like that. I still do that. I just do it with insurance, you know, and, and frankly, I probably help more people more often because, you know, the way I've set up my, my business, you know, allows me to sample from, you know, a dozen different car carriers, for example, or seven different home carriers here in Omaha, Nebraska. So, you know, I just basically shop insurance for people all day long and, you know, it's pretty cool. Sometimes I have some really huge wins. Now I have to bring this up because I, I just think it's about the dumbest idea for an ad campaign. <laughs> you going to guess who I'm going to talk about? Um, no, but I can think of a thousand bad ideas. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I mean, I like the, uh, the concept, but their slogan is, 
you never pay for what you don't need or something like that. Uh, I feel like that's, is that Allstate that does no, that one? Uh, it's Liberty Mutual. Liberty Mutual. Yeah, Liberty yeah. Mutual. Now. I got some Liberty Mutual stories. Go ahead. Do you? Well, I do. Right. I don't want to badmouth them, though. Oh. I'm just going to say, call I, me if you have them. I just, I, I just think it's a dumb campaign. Uh, never pay for what you don't need or whatever it is. Who would pay more than they need to for insurance? Well, I think I think what they're probably touching on is there there is, there is a large amount of people who pay for insurance years for years and years and years and never use it or perceive that they never use it, you know, because they never file a claim or something to that effect. Um, so I think that's probably what they're probably playing off of. They're using an, a negative emotion that's already out there, and they're just trying to use that to drive sales, and or they ran out of good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of. We're talking about, uh, we had touched on this before, about if you call a tow truck um, mm-hmm. or like I did, <laughs> the day I got my insurance from you, uh-huh. I had a flat tire on the interstate and I called uh-huh. roadside assistance and right. thankfully it went through and the guy showed up and about a half hour's on my way. Nice. Uh, yeah, I was very grateful for that. But you're saying that, when you do that, you're actually filing a claim. That's correct. The insurance companies don't have like a separate mechanism or a separate separate division um, to process just claim, uh, just uh, roadside assistance. So they put it on the back of the claims department. So when you call, you essentially are filing a claim because if you think about it, roadside assistance they are paying out of your policy just like they would oh. a claim. Okay. Um. So yeah, if and, and where people really get tripped up is, and we all know this because we've all had junkers, um, you know, you get your car towed from the place that it breaks down to your house, then you decide where you want to have it fixed, and then you have it towed a second time, you know, like a few days later or whatever. And then, like, if that place can't fix it or whatever, you may have to have it towed somewhere else, whatever. So all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you have three claims. Those <laughs> are three separate tow claims, and and a lot of insurance companies, especially in the current environment, may just drop you. Wow. And they won't even care that's a $50 tow. It's just a claim. Claim's a claim's a claim. Computer says you're out. So, uh, yeah, that's why I oftentimes suggest to people, um, if you buy a new car, um, put it on the new car buy, because a lot of new cars will do roadside assistance, um, or get AAA uh, membership, which I think is great. I, I have it. My son has it. Um, I suggest it for uh, people with two or more cars and maybe three or four drivers in the family. I think it's very, very valuable. Um, or And then there are other things besides AAA membership that you can get. There are other companies out there that are competitors. Hmm. Um, that, But those separate ones don't show up on your insurance anywhere. So Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure you have some listeners out there that have experienced this very same thing because everybody's surprised when they see it. And then surprised when they see their rates go up. Yeah, they're like, why did my rate go up? I didn't have a ticket or anything like that, yeah. you know. But rates rates go up for a hundred different reasons. And there is no the old mentality that if you're a good driver and you don't have any accidents and things like that, well, in the last couple of years, that's just been scuttled. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't exist anymore. Insurance companies have lost so much money they have to raise rates. Hmm. I mean, it's a business and uh, they need to be fiscally liquid so they can service all their members. So they have to raise rates. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. Now that relates back to this article you've got here about how inflation is 
raising the rates. Well, it, yeah, inflation is part of it, as is uh, two years of COVID, believe it or not. I mean, I know it sounds like we put a lot of blame on COVID for a lot of things, but uh, during COVID, and, and actually, Jim, you would probably even know this best, uh, trying to find car parts. Um, uh, during COVID, you know, the manufacturing shut down. Oh, right. So companies, you know, like a company like GM who has, you know, a bazillion parts, right. And, um, you know, usually you can find any GM part, you know, Ford part or whatever, but they had to cut what they inventory, what they made and things like that. Cause they just didn't have people to make them. Yeah. Well, nor did they have the supplies to make them. So they had to focus on the most common ones. So what happened, I mean, just that one thing right there. You wreck your car, insurance company can't find the part to fix it because you have to use OEM parts. Mm-hmm. If they can't find that part, they have to total your car. So a $5,000 repair turns into a car total, which could be like $25,000. Wow. So insurance companies just started losing money like crazy. And I think I told you in the first nine months of 2022, uh, State Farm underwriting in the auto lost like $5 billion dollars. In the first nine months. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Uh, plus, the plus like that sheet I gave you there showed uh, bodily injury and death rose by, you know, when you see the graph, it's dramatic. Uh, and when I say 10%, it doesn't sound like much. But that's an, but if you think about it, if you have a policy that has, you know, 100, 300 for coverages, they paid out $300,000 in that one accident. Oh. So, you know, that's, you know, when you, that's, that has a huge cost on it, you know, and insurance companies have a choice to either um, increase the rates in the region where these, where these acts or these things that are raising rates happen, or they can spread it out across all of their customers in the nation. Neither one of them do they want to do, but they have to do something. I mean, you don't want your insurance company to go out of business, no. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, so we're all kind of shouldering the burden for, again, uh, just that one thing, just just that one COVID thing. Let's not even talk about how bad people are driving since COVID. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the numbers are like the highest for, like, fatalities in how many years? 100. 100? And if you look at that same chart I gave you at the very bottom, uh, the amount of vehicles... uh, the frequency, um, uh-huh. the frequency, basically 20% le- fewer people on the road, but the damage, the total liability and collision cost is up 40%. Wow. So, so there are fewer people on the road, um, but, there, but also the average speeding ticket has increased by 10 miles an hour, which may or may not seem like a lot. But when you consider your speeding ticket on the interstate may have been 75, 85 miles an hour. Then all of a sudden we're talking about being ninety-five to hundred miles an hour. Or I mean, you're, I mean, the chance of bodily injury is exponentially greater. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so we're running into a lot of that. People aren't paying a lot of attention. Yeah, I think that's what we're running into. Because I mean, the cars are getting safer and safer and safer all the time. I mean, they keep adding all kinds of. But a car can't, you know, can't protect you in an eighty-five mile an hour you know, collision because you were busy on your phone. Yeah. You know, you know, that's the other thing. They theorize that it's a distraction that's driving a lot of these, uh, this increase. Um, I think like I told you on the phone, 
Uh, we just spent two years isolated in our homes where our only connection to other people was through our phone, either social media, texting, or calling. Um, so now here we are back on the road, but we have this two-year strong habit of looking at our phone every time it makes a noise or vibrates. Yeah. And I think that is translating over into when we drive. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all had near misses or we've looked over and the person driving next to us is looking in their passenger seat. Um, I think that's what we're dealing with here. There's no official recognition of that, but I think that's what we're dealing with. People just aren't paying attention. They're going over the speed limit, um, and they're getting in more wrecks because they're not looking where they're going. And there's, Basics. And they're still not wearing seatbelts. And they're still not wearing seatbelts. You know, I don't, I don't, you would think that we, by the, I mean, both of you and I are older and we, we yeah. learned before seatbelt laws. And I will be honest, if, if I'm being honest, my reason why I started wearing a seatbelt is because it held me in place better when I was doing hazardous driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it became a comfort thing after a certain point. I just, I just felt better with it. You know, yeah. you don't have to see too many auto accidents, yeah. you know, and pay out too many, you know, death penalties to realize that, wow, this is, you know, I mean, I have a, I, I insure a number of uh, police officers. Oh. And, uh. Yeah, they tell me stories, you know, going out, picking up somebody off of a motorcycle accident, things like that. Uh, I don't think I know, I don't think I have a single client that's a motorcycle or a, a single client that's a police officer that would ever ride a motorcycle. Hmm. I mean, as an example, I'm not discouraging it. I've had a motorcycle, I've had custom bikes and stuff like that, but uh, my time on that has come and gone. But uh, yeah, it's dangerous out there, I guess is the point, you know. And also let's consider... Um, yes, cars are getting safer, but the cost of medical, you know, they may protect you from death, but it doesn't mean they don't protect you from, you know, being in the ICU, you know, and I don't need to tell you that being in the ICU for a week might cost you half a million dollars now. Wow. So, so, you know, that gets into a whole other discussion of, do you have the right, you know, coverage at all? Uh, Should you be hit by somebody without insurance, which is my least favorite thing to hear from people Yeah. because it's the law, just rude. Yeah, I mean, just just for starters, it's rude. Well, speaking of which, I didn't. I saw your Cadillac out there, and I was surprised to see you have a Cadillac. Um, I was a foreign car guy for a long time. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just, it was just a unique one. I searched for it for a couple of years and found it online, and yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. In all honesty, even though it has cost me some money, Cadillac's not cheap, but. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I still love it to death. You know, she's an oldie but a goodie. And you say it is a 2011. 2011, right? A lot of people think that's really pretty old for the way it looks. Huh. You know, because there's not a lot of them on the road. I think like in Omaha, I've seen like maybe uh, five different ones. Oh. You know. Of that particular model. Of that particular model, yeah. They didn't make the coupe for very long. Hmm. You know, the you can see four door versions of it all over, all over the place, but. You, um, yeah, the two-door coupes, yeah, there's, there's mine, um, and then there's a CTS-V, which is the one with the Corvette motor in it. Oh. Yeah, that's ridiculous. He, if I'm out driving late down Dodge Street on a weekend, um, he'll find me because he just, there's a black one that's a CTS-V, and he just cruises up and down Dodge looking for races, <laughs> and he'll pull up next to me, and I'm like, dude, I'm driving the all-wheel drive version. This thing weighs as much as a tank, and it's the luxury version. It's got a Camaro motor in it. It's not, I'm not somebody you want to race because it's not going to be exciting for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, there are cars with way better acceleration than my car. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I've just got the ca- the classic Cadillac. It's nice, comfortable, and has all the features. It's not the race version of it. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. Well, since the uh, Honda, what other cars have you owned? Gosh, I mean, I've been I've been a Honda guy since since you knew me. In all honesty, I had a Honda when I moved down here. I had a Honda before that Honda. Uh, when I got married, my son was born. That's a Honda. That was a Honda CRV. Yeah. I unfortunately had the year where the uh, they farmed out the uh, the uh, air conditioning compressor, um, and they had an an aluminum uh, uh, fan or turbine in it. And the problem with those is they would explode, <laughs> um, and they would shoot chunks of aluminum into the system. Wow! And you had to replace the whole system. The whole system. Yeah. yeah, because you know there's little chunks of metal in there that yeah. puncture anything. Um, I had to have that replaced three times. Oh, Dude, I don't, I don't know why I did it three times. Twice should have been sufficient. <laughs> and then, and then the uh, transmission went out at uh, 198,000 miles. Uh-huh. Um, my son was really upset because that was essentially the car he was born in. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the one he had. And we were both very excited to get it to 200,000 miles. Yeah. Um, and, uh, conked out just before that just <laughs> oh yeah he still talks about it to this day he's 18 now and he's like oh remember that crv and i'm like yeah a pretty unsexy car but you know it's what he grew up in that's what he spent his time in the back seat in all over all over america you know yeah well so tell me about some of the misnomers that uh, people have about car insurance um like for example we're talking about electric cars oh yeah and yeah. how, you know, you would think there's fewer parts, less maintenance. Uh, mm-hmm. It'd be a lot cheaper car to insure. Right. But yeah. that's not the case. That's generally not the case because while you are correct, like when I was a little kid, you know, screwing around in my dad's garage building stuff or whatever, I always thought, I always thought that electric cars made the most sense. Like, um, and if you look back, I mean, the first electric car was like like an 18... 18- 88 or something i mean like mercedes had one and stuff like that that's where they thought that was the yeah porsche yeah that they thought oh this is the way to go Mm -hmm. you know even though it would only go a few miles if at all um because there are fewer parts but the truth of the matter is they're still they're they're exponentially more complicated than an internal combustion engine and and uh because we've had internal combustion when we've been refining that technology for you know 50 100 years i mean we we know you know a nice engine but um, electric cars is relatively new, even though GM experimented with them back in the eighties and nineties too. Um, the death of the electric car, it's a documentary you can go watch. Um, but they're still exponentially more complicated now insurance as it relates to insurance. So because they're a new technology for all practical purposes and the technology inside that car is a new, is all new technology. Um, insurance companies don't have enough data on them. Plus, if you consider, when you say electric car, most everybody thinks of Tesla. Well, there aren't Tesla repair shops. There aren't, you, can't, you can't go to the corner store and go to a certified Tesla shop. There isn't even a certification, even though I'm told that GM secretly will repair Teslas. They have some kind of back, back-end deal. Huh. Um, but I assume that's in markets that don't have access for whatever reason that would be, um, as a backup, I guess you could say. But only Tesla repairs Teslas. So the problem with that is, is that if you go to a not a shop that Tesla doesn't approve, and this changes by, state by state, by the way, just to make it a little more complicated. Um, if you go to a shop that Tesla doesn't approve, it may not be covered under your warranty. 
And if it's not covered on your warranty, because there's also uh, Tesla doesn't sell their parts. So a shop that goes to repair your Tesla may not be able to find an OEM part. We're back to that whole story again, right? So, so Tesla controls the entire life cycle of the car, which makes the cost higher because there is no competition. All right. So, so when an insurance company looks at this, they're like, one, we don't know what an accident, like a side impact accident with a truck, a Ford F-150 looks like. We don't know what kind of damage that does. So we don't know how to price that in the future. And there's only one company that controls the prices. So what are they going to do with the price? They could raise it, lower it, doesn't know. They could also just discontinue the part. And let's also consider that a side impact and or front or rear impact to a lesser degree is going to, has a high probability of damaging the battery pack, mm. which essentially the uh, can total the car out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tesla also doesn't like rebuilt cars on the road per se outside of their warranty, you know, because it's a bad, bad look for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all that is changing because a lot of the people that are a part of the right to repair movement, I don't right. know if you've ever heard, you know, oh, yeah. you know um, that they extends were, to electric cars. That's going through the legislature now. It just got approved for Nebraska for uh, farmers that own John, John Deere tractors. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the government's coming down on that. So in the end, while electric cars do appear, per the statistics, appear to be safer than internal combustion cars on average, um, that's great. And that's awesome because we do need more of that. Um, insurance companies don't have enough data yet and they are expensive. Let's make no mistake. You know, your average Tesla is 60 to $80,000, you know, I mean, that's no joke, Yeah. you know? So yeah, it's more expensive and it does surprise a lot of my clients when they go get one. Um, and Tesla, I don't know if you knew this, but Tesla is trying to make its own insurance Hmm. like GM did a number of years ago, tried to get into the insurance game again, control the life cycle of the vehicle and make more money off of it. Um, but it's, it's a slow, they've been working on that for about five or six years and they're not really any further than they were, you know, five or six years ago. Cause insurance is rough, man. In trying to get going as an insurer, I can't even fathom the, the depth of the complexity of that, especially when you're talking about auto. Um, but good luck to them. And I, I think in the end though, what, what they're going to find out is that they can't do it any cheaper than anybody else. I mean, how do you go up against Allstate, the biggest company in insurance company in in America for home and auto. Good luck. (laughs) You know, but then again, they've defied the odds just making an electric car. That's popular. You know, Warren Buffett just said, or not Warren Buffett, but his partner um, just said that, you know, you can't deny, he's like, I may not like them, but you can't deny that they did something that was nearly impossible. And that was to bring a new car company into America. Yeah. I mean, you do have to give hats off to that, whether you like Elon Musk or not, the dude's focused. Yeah. You know, he's, he's focused. Yeah. So, yeah. So what other misnomers do we have about car insurance? Um, well, we talked about the towing thing or whenever you may use your roadside assistance. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly enough, rental cars don't necessarily go on as claims, or at least I haven't seen that much. Um, what other misnomers are there? Oh, um, what, uh, what affects your price? Uh, again, back when, you and I were getting car insurance when we were 20, 30 years old, you know, okay, 25-year-old male, Omaha, Nebraska. They would just lump us all together because yeah. that's all the data they had. That's all the advance, advancements of computers could do. But now your car insurance is dependent on where you live, like down to your neighborhood. 
um, your credit score, your driving record, uh, the your claims record, um, obviously your age, gender, occupation, credit hmm. score. There's an insurance score. Most people don't know they have an insurance score. Hmm. And that insurance score is made up of your credit score and your history and your insurance history. Um, so yeah, it's actually super complex. And what's what's cool about that is I'm not paying more because Jim has a horrible driving record, you know? Um, I'm paying based purely on my history. It's probably the most democratic thing out there I've ever seen. Hmm. So if you complain about your price, it's more than likely just your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't want to be rude about it, but like we, you can control to some degree huh. your insurance costs by, you know, slowing down, you know, like I tell people, I've done a lot of the, like you can get these apps from your car insurance and lower, and they give you a discount right off the bat. And then you drive with that app for oh, 90 days, right. whatever, you know, and then you um, hopefully get a good score and then it lowers your insurance more. Um, they, I'm like the little things that you put in your, uh, your, yeah, your OBDM. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't have much of those anymore. Usually it's just an app you put on your phone now. Oh. But I am here to tell you, I've done like three or four of them. And I'm an insurance guy, and I'm competitive, and I want to figure out how to lower prices for people. Um, they are unforgiving. I mean, they are unforgiving. It's it's like school. Like you can have all A's and B's, and you get one F, and you end up with a C for the semester. You know, just one F. They're like, oh, I'm sorry, but like, look, I was rock star. This other stuff, and they like, we don't care. <laughs> the number the number showed this, you know, on average or whatever. Um, but what I do tell people when they have in my experience with those apps, I, I have to have a mentality that I'm driving around with nowhere to go. I'm just out, just, just enjoying my day. You know, no, I'm not in a rush to get to work or anything. I just, I'm just relaxing, just chilling and driving, enjoying the sound of the birds or whatever, you know, and, uh, that usually is relatively effective, but I tell you what, I still end up with C's and B's and no real effect. Um, on, on no positive effect on my insurance. Hmm. A, a greater thing is to have a good clean record and live in an area that has less crime and less weather-related damage to cars. Hmm. That's that's really it. You know, I'll have people move from one place to another and get a discount on their insurance. Hmm. Same people, same situation. You know, and uh, there you go. There's another misnomer. Um, people often will like talk to their neighbors about like the home insurance or their auto insurance. Like, hey, what do you pay? You know, we have like similar homes, you know? So, and it makes sense that you would think, oh, our prices should be about the same. Vastly different. Because yeah. again, credit score, insurance history, claim history on the house, your own claim history, um, your driving record. I mean, your driving record shows whether you're a risk taker or not. Um, and insurance companies, you know, look negatively upon risk takers. So you can't, so there's another misnomer. You can't compare your insurance to somebody else's insurance. Like hmm. even a relative with like the same car, it's going to be different, hmm. you know, because again, because like I said, they've democratized insurance quotes at the very least. Uh, and I would argue that it's more fair, truthfully, you know, and you have control. Quit running into people. <laughs> <laughs> Quit making claims. Quit getting toes. You know, get AAA membership, whatever it takes. You know, AAA will even come out and if you're on a golf course, they'll come out and fix the tire on your golf cart. 
Really? Yeah. Or you're riding your bike and rag bride, they'll come out and fix your bike tire. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Huh. It's pretty cool. And you get uh, discounts at Disneyland. <laughs> okay. Um, how about collect your car insurance? Do you handle any of those? I do. I do. Um, I do. Uh, usually, I go through Haggerty. Okay. Um, very cool. Very very collector car oriented. I mean, I don't have any regular cars through Haggerty. You know, I've got you know Impalas and like your Edsel would go. I put that through Haggerty and um, all that. All those really cool cars because a lot of insurance companies as we've moved forward, um, just a lot of them won't take cars prior 1981. Hmm. They're like, yeah, it's too much of a risk. We can't find parts for it. You want to get full coverage on it? Man, no. <laughs> Just no. We may give you liability for it, yeah. but we won't give you full coverage. You want full coverage, you got to go to these places that are specifically for, you know, auto, classic auto cars. Because then you can also design your terms, too, because you have to establish a value. Yeah, and how's that done? Do they still use... Uh... Like Hagerty specifically, I don't know exactly what um, mechanism in the background they use to grade or, or do older cars. What it what it seems like to me is you tell me that your car is worth seventy five hundred dollars. I put it in. Hagerty goes, that's within our parameters. Okay, you know if it's outside of the parameters, then a deeper investigation into the true value of your car would happen. But some the appraiser yeah. would have to come out. Possibly, um, but the quoting process through a classic car place, you know, like you, I mean, you put, I put in, um, you know, the cubic inches of your engine, you know, how new is it? What kind of transmission do you have? You know, what, what specific modifications have you done to the car? Should there be modifications? You know, all that has to be entered into the uh, quote. Um, and then they've just, they've just got the data from wherever they do and, you know, and they know what this market will bear for that, you know, this Omaha that is, for example. Um, and then they can come up with the number, but the process actually is really, really easy and they're really nice, good people to deal with. Um, do they, I've always shied away from collector car insurance because they always put limits on your driving. Uh, like you can only drive 5,000 miles a year or you can only like when you get collector car plates, mm -hmm. And you're out driving around with them. You're supposed to be going to a car show or something of that mm -hmm. nature to not for back and forth to work, which I was doing there for a while. With of course, um, so has that changed at all? Um, yeah, I, I think it has. You can you, but you, but there is a question. You know, what do you use your car for? And that's across any car quote. You know, right? Um, and you just put it down pleasure. Right. Um, and, but, and I haven't run into a situation where there's too many miles on the quote, uh, because everybody, you know, you have a, you know, you have a 69 Impala, you're not putting 12,000 miles a year on it more and, and, you know, more than likely. Right. So I haven't really run into that. Yeah. You know, you're not driving, you know, the Etzel in the winter. Right. You know, which is, you know, six months of the year here at the yeah. very least. So you're, again, you're not putting 10,000 miles on. So I haven't really run into that where somebody has a true classic, and it's really, you know, putting the miles on it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and somebody who's treating it as a daily driver, I may not put under classic. I might try to find a regular carrier, a standard carrier, um, because it's more appropriate. Right. You know, because they're just going to do a kind of a book value of, you know, a couple thousand dollars. You know, you don't drive your, you know, $20,000, you know, Impala 
on a daily basis. That would uh, that's a nice vehicle. Yeah, you know that sits in the garage. You take it to car shows, just like you said. You know there is, you know, a standard. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other misnomers about car insurance we need to know about? Mm, let's see about car insurance. Um, you know, I'm surprised every month with some thing. You know, um, like uh, hmm. like for example, um, I was recently able to. There's a young couple um, have had a very unfortunate string of events and uh, um, live in their car. Um, that was hard to get insurance because they don't have an address. Oh yeah, you know. But I was able to get it done. Um, and uh, it's it's car insurance, it's home insurance, I guess, you know. Um, yeah. And they're fighting their way back out of that situation. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it can be done, you know. Wow. And I think we need to recognize that there are certain people out there that are in that situation. You know, they want to follow the rules, um, you know, and they're working their way back out. You know, I, I help a lot of people with DUIs, SR-22s, things like that, that have had um, a string of bad luck um, because I have carriers – that I can find for people that don't think they can get back in the game, yeah. as it were. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's yeah. possible. It is possible. Yeah. So tell me about the, all the, the different types of insurance that you uh, handle. Oh, goodness. I, I mean, as, a, as an independent or a, sometimes called a broker, um, I pretty much have access to everything. I mean, I insure farmland. I insure, you know, I've... Uh, I have an airplane that I insure. Um, I will tell you it's not my favorite thing. Really, my main core thing is home and auto. You know, I do life insurance. I don't even do my own health insurance, Jim. (laughs) I I, I, I give it to another broker friend of mine that does home health insurance, and I'm like, I don't like doing this. (laughs) And somehow I I go online, and I do my own health insurance, and then he goes online and does it, and then he comes up with a better price. And I'm like, well, obviously I'm no good at this. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, you, you can't be, you can't be good at everything, I guess. Um, but I have pretty much all the resources you would need now. Um, like for example, commercial insurance. Um, I do that too. I have clients with that. I insure their business. Um, but if it gets too big, too heady, I might refer them to somebody else. You know, I, I treat, I treat myself more like a consultant and a, a ref, and a, and a source Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't help you, I'm just going to send you somewhere else. Or if I can't help you, like say you come at me and go, oh, my home insurance is too high. My auto is too high or whatever, you know, I go out and I shop the market, you know, like I said, a dozen different auto carriers and then like seven different homes. And then when I come back, I can honestly tell you in this market, you are still in a good place. You know, I know it feels like everybody's insurance is going up, which it is 20 to 30% in some cases. Wow. Um, but that's also what the market is doing in general you know we all we all live in a you know we all live in our own little vacuum our own little bubble you know and we see that our price is going up and you're like what do you mean i haven't done anything you know then when then you come to me and i go well (laughs) this is where everybody else is too and it's unfortunate but it's the truth of the matter and then i say well you know i can't i can't be what you got i recommend you stay where you are you know um but uh sometimes i have huge wins i mean gosh my third policy ever in home and auto and it was against liberty mutual um <laughs> i saved the dude ten thousand dollars a year wow yeah his liberty mutual policy i do not know what they did there 
that was he was paying like twelve thousand dollars a year for his Yikes. home insurance. And I, I feel like somebody hit a hit a different keystroke or something like that. I mean, I ended up getting him insurance for like twelve hundred dollars. So that was that was an extreme case. That doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Um, but another gentleman, um, he uh, came to me and I saved him four thousand dollars. He also had Liberty Mutual. Again, I know it sounds like I'm being harsh on him, but I just went up a went up against a Liberty Mutual uh, quote today. Um, and it was a very good price. It was a fair price. But I can tell you in Omaha, Nebraska, if if your roof is five years old or newer, you probably, sh- and you're paying more than like $2,500 a year. Um, again, this is speculation, but if you're paying more than $2,500 a year, more than likely you're paying too much. Hmm. I will put that one out there pretty confidently hmm. um, in this market. Um, I have a couple that's moving up here from Texas, you know, um, their house has a roof that's eight years old. They're going to end up paying some bucks because roof exposure in this state, both Iowa and Nebraska is, I mean, we got what last year before June, we had four or five major hailstorms yeah. in, in town. Yeah. That's bad news bears, man. The average, the average roof in Omaha, Nebraska gets replaced every five to 10 years. No kidding. Yeah. So... Yeah, if your roof is eight years old, an insurance company looks at that and goes, hmm, we're probably going to put a roof on that home pretty soon, you know? Wow. And you pay them $2,800 a year, and then two years from now, they go put a $20,000 roof on your house. You know, yeah. who, who won? Right. <laughs> you know, you did. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I get it. It's, yeah, the world of insurance is topsy-turvy right now. Yeah. Nothing is stable. I wish it was stable, but it's not. Well, let's tell them uh, how to get a hold of you. And uh, Well, yeah, you can just get a hold of me. Go to uh, terryinsurance.com or terryinsurancegroup.com. Group. Be careful because there is a Terry Insurance like in Louisiana or something like that. Oh. Don't go there. Okay. That, they'll do you no good. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can go to there. Just hit, hit Google. Just, you know, just type my name in Google, Terry Thompson or Terry Insurance Group. Um, and I'll pop right up. You know, I've got like 70 some five star ratings. That's me, that one right there. So, and one of them was mine, and one of them was yours. So, I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, I, lo- I love those ratings. Uh, people, people put a lot of value in that, yeah. Um, and I think it's fair because they're true, they're some of the true ones out there. It's not like you're buying something off of a foreign website and <laughs> you question, you know, those are those are real people. and. I think almost all of them, except for one person, is still my client after three years. So, oh. yeah, yeah. And the reason the other, no, two people, because they moved. They both moved to Florida, strangely enough. Two totally different families moved to Florida. Yeah. I don't know why you'd do that, but I mean, <laughs> Nebraska is so beautiful. Yeah. Especially this time of year. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. No. no hurricanes. We don't have hurricanes. No, that's true. Yeah, the Texas family that's moving up here, they're really worried about the weather um, because if you don't have tornadoes and hail where you move from, it seems yeah. on the news that seems like devastating. Right. And I'm like, look, now I've been in, I've been in tornado season, you know, my, for 50 years and I've never seen one. So, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, it wigs people out when they have to move here because a lot of people move from, from the coast where the weather is relatively stable and it's just not here. I mean, mother nature is moody here. Yeah. Can be. She can. All right, Terry. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, Terry Thompson, Terry Insurance Group. Um, Give him a call if you need a quote.
Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Just look at me up. Tell Google to call me, and it will. Okay. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this has been uh, Lonesome Roads Behind the Wheel. If you need to get a hold of me for any reason, uh, email me at lonesomeroadsbehindthewheel at gmail.com. Road spelled R-H-O-D-E-S. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.